when I've done EMDR with people who had trauma in the womb, they kind of look at me like I've got three heads. Like, what do you mean? I don't, rem I don't, I don't remember that. I'm like, I don't expect you to remember that. So yeah. let's just imagine what that might have felt like. Hello, this is Dr. Diva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Good afternoon, this is Dr. Diva Nagula, and today I have Leslie Goth, who is a clinical psychologist that's out in Denver, Colorado. She is a expert in the field of trauma, anxiety, depression, and couples counseling. She also certified as an EMDR therapist and has completed the level one training for Gottman's therapy of couples counseling. She's also very much loves to work with adolescents and couples with all types of emotional issues and also had the privilege of working with victims of the Columbine, Aurora, and Las Vegas shootings. She offers Christian counseling when asked for, and if you're feeling stuck, alone, or powerless, Leslie can help you move forward and connect to your true self and experience a fulfilling life. Leslie, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Well, I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So how is it over there in Colorado today? Well, we had some snow last night, so it's actually beautiful. It's that fresh, oh. white, powdery, yummy stuff that I love. And uh, it'll be gone tomorrow because it'll be 60 degrees. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty typical out here. It'll snow one day and be sunny and gone the next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. We're talking about stress on the mind, body, and spirit. And yes. I discussed this in my book, Doctor to Patient. And my book talks about how the right rigors and stress of an entrepreneur if not checked, can lead to stuff like chronic inflammation, which obviously, you know, can lead to mm -hmm. diseases such as autoimmune dysfunction, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, heart disease, and of course, yeah. cancer. And so I wish I'd have had an opportunity to speak with you before I, I went through the, my own process of mm. um, suffer from chronic stress and led to cancer. Yeah, yeah. What I'd love to talk about is, you know, some strategies that you can offer for our listeners as well as me in terms of coping strategies with chronic stress or even acute stress. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's funny, I was just, I just had a client before this, this call and she's had a lot of trauma her whole life. She was attacked when she went out for a run at 15. Then later in life, she was held at gunpoint. And then just most recently, what brought her back into counseling was that her, her husband had ended up having an affair. So it's been just kind of like one huge bomb after another. So she's done so much good work. We've been doing EMDR therapy with her. She's really worked through so much of her trauma. But she just mentioned today, she's like, you know, I've been bleeding for like weeks. And I was like, really? Tell me more about that, you know? Yeah. And um, she's like, yeah, I just, I've just keep bleeding, you know, and um, seeing her doctor, trying to figure out what's going on. She's really fit. She's, she runs every day. Uh -huh. I mean, she really physically takes great care of herself. She eats really well, doesn't eat sugar, that kind of thing. And she has high cholesterol. She had blood work done, has high cholesterol. She's like, what is that about? And I was like, 
I think your cortisol is probably through the roof, you know, with all the stress of this last year processing through the affair and working through a lot of just unresolved issue from all the other trauma that now came up as well. And I feel like your body is truly just purging out all the toxins of what you've been carrying pretty much your whole life. And so it was very interesting and then coming on this call with you and just seeing again, that mind body connection and how, yes, obviously she needs to be treated physically, medically, right? We need to get the bleeding under control. We don't want her to get anemic and all that kind of stuff. But this is, this is such a connection to stress and how as she heals, she's just literally, her body is just oh, shedding God. all the yucky stuff that she has carried as a, from a child. So, and is that process of her purging, has that been achieved through the sessions of EMDR with you or has this been? Yeah. yeah. She's done a lot of good work. So she's come to me for therapy and we've done EMDR. She also goes to a Reiki specialist. And so she's been doing a lot of energy work as well. And so that the, the combination of those two things are something that I would highly recommend to be able to really get into the mind body connection. So we're working through emotional healing, but the body knows whether cognitively we're aware of our own pain and, and emotional suffering or not, the body is very aware. And we are so conditioned from childhood to just ignore our bodies and to just count, you know, discount it or say, oh, that's nothing or it'll go away. Or, you know, we, we hear about kids all the time of chronic stomach issues and it just gets treated with whatever medication, but what's really going on in that child emotionally. And so the child is taught like, okay, we're just going to treat it this one way and not really get to the root of that child's stress. Exactly. And I think how you heal is by addressing the root causes of these issues and not really put a bandaid on it by giving them some sort of SSRI or other medication that treats depression or anxiety. Right. Exactly. So this client that I was just sharing with you. Yeah. So she sees a Reiki specialist who I've also seen and she's fabulous and she comes to me and she's a part of a a church group and she has just lots of resources that she has surrounded herself with to just kind of do the work to just kind of stick in there knowing like, I really want to get to the other side of this. And this is the only way I'm going to get there. And we were just talking about like how proud I am of her for really being willing to do the work. Right. Now, just for our listeners sake, I mean, I, I know Reiki, what Reiki is, okay. you know what Reiki is, but would you be able to like, just talk about what Reiki is? I mean, just an overview so that we can yeah. kind of like correlate between Reiki and EMDR and how the two work together. The way, I mean, I might not, I'm not a Reiki specialist myself, yep, right? But it's, it's energy work through the body. It's where our body, you know, using the chakras, really like we'll hold on to certain pain in our body and it'll kind of get stuck there. And what yep. we ideally want is for all of our chakras to be clear so that energy can just kind of flow through up and down both ways. And so when we have wounds and trauma, it, we, it gets stuck in parts of our bodies. And, and that's the thing I've just learned about this recently, how trauma can be stored in the body. And I, mm-hmm. and I never really, you know, as a physician, this is something that we aren't taught. You know, we're taught as, a, as if people have issues in terms of trauma or suffering from trauma or PTSD more specifically, or have issues where depression, anxiety is a concern. Well, as a physician, and that's what we taught, we just give medications, right? We don't address the root cause of any of this. Right. So how, I mean, I'm curious, like the mechanism of how trauma is stored in the body. Like how how are we aware of 
trauma and the emotional baggage that we carry and how is that stored and, and what's the mechanism of storage on our body and how do we recognize that? You know, I think especially if we have trauma from childhood, because we don't have the cognitive ability to often process that, it has to go somewhere. And so again, like we brought up a child that might have chronic stomach issues, you know, the body is communicating, hey, I'm in pain, not just physically, but emotionally, there's something going on. And so if any of your listeners have any kind of chronic pain, if they have migraines, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, stomach issues, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, you know, constipation or diarrhea, things like that, right. where it's always been probably medically treated and maybe they just can't, maybe they're just trying to get, you know, they just had band-aids to kind of deal with the issues, but it's never really gone away. That would be maybe the body saying there's something deeper emotionally going on. And Let's when you say, look when, at it. When these emotions are stored in the body, like what would a person look for? Was it like like a specific type of pain, discomfort, tightness? How, how would one be aware of trauma that's stored in their body? You know, and I think every body is literally different. And yep. so first you just got to get to know your body, right? Again, because we're conditioned to kind of deny our bodies and not listen to what our body is communicating to us, the first step is now let's reconnect. We walk around like people with our heads cut off all the time and we have to reconnect our head and our body, get into you know meditation, get into yoga, do stretching, like figure out what your body feels and where it does maybe have some tension, pain, uh, like maybe you're so used to the pain in your in your chest because you've had it for 20 years so that you don't long, even right? realize it's there and right. it's been telling you, help me, help me all these years. And so when you can just reconnect to your body and start listening and looking for those indicators, okay, now let's explore that maybe with you know, yoga, let's explore that with maybe some Reiki, let's explore that with more of a holistic type of approach because medically they're just not trained to go there, to go there. Medical doctors, as you know, are just trained to treat the symptoms exactly. and get rid of the symptoms. That's it. Yeah. You know, and as it's interesting, what you're talking about reminds me of, of how animals deal with trauma, right? So yes. like example, if a deer, you know, gets, yes. but is incapacitated, after they get up, they literally shake their entire body yes. seriously. Yes. And that is their release of trauma. And then it's yep. gone. It's yep. done. And then yep. they're able to like return to their state prior to whatever the yes. event was. Yes. And I think that's phenomenal how it is. people instinctively know how to do this. And we instinctively know how to do this, but somehow we get through whatever mechanism of socialization and, and yes. our yes. brain differently. Yep. And uh, I agree. We could learn a lot from the animals. I agree. No, right? <laughs> yes. um, do you think that some of this trauma that we have stored in our bodies can occur from in utero or is passed on yes. to us transgenerationally? Oh, 1000% absolutely true. When, when I've done EMDR with people who had trauma in the womb, they kind of look at me like I've got three heads. Like, what do you mean? I don't, rem I don't, I don't remember that. I'm like, I don't expect you to remember that. So yeah. let's just imagine what that might have felt like. Let's imagine, you know, I have a client who, or a past client who was a twin and the twin did not survive labor and my client did. So they, there was a bond and an attachment in utero oh, wow. with his sibling that did not survive. 
that is a trauma. Trauma, absolutely. Right? Obviously, the mom and the dad have that trauma, the loss of a child. But, the, but this person who was attached to his sibling and then lost that sibling, so we got to go back there. We got to go back there and just do some of that work around that trauma. So it's absolutely possible. Generationally, yes. If our parents haven't done their work and worked through a lot of their own issues. It's carrying DNA. Absolutely. And it's just, it's just the, it's just the circle of life. I mean, it just happens and it gets passed on. So theoretically, we are all carry some sort of trauma in our bodies, right? Yeah. And yes. we may not recognize it because we've been with our bodies for so long from day to day mm-hmm. and stuff that's mm-hmm. been passed on through some generation. And then it's like, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, everyone would benefit from some type of release, yes. release of trauma. Now, I completely agree. I want to talk more specifically about your specialty, EMDR. Okay. Yes. It's fascinating. I just recently read about this in a book and I didn't know this existed. And yeah. when I found out that, you know, this is something that you specialize in, I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I cannot wait to talk to you more about it. And I think I love talking about it. Yeah. Bringing the attention to people about EMDR is fascinating because it will allow them to search this type of like mm-hmm. modality for healing. Yes. Yes. So let's, yes. let's go ahead and talk about what EMDR is and, and, okay. How, how you go ahead and do a session with the patient for EMDR. Okay. So EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. And it was found years ago and by wonderful lady Robin Shapiro. Is it Robin Shapiro? Now I'm blanking on her. I know it's Shapiro, but now I'm blanking on her first name. I'm so sorry about that. Okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, she was walking down the street. She was upset. Her eyes were going kind of back and forth as she was walking, thinking about the things she was upset about. And she started to feel better. And she's like, why do I feel better? Oh, my eyes are moving back and forth. Started to research how the eye movement affects the ability to work through something that feels distressing. So now fast forward all these years where there's been tons and tons and tons of research. Right. And it originally, you know, was used with veterans and, you know, uh, rape survivors to help them process their trauma. So the mechanism is this. When we are in REM sleep and our eyes are going back and forth, we are sleeping. It is our brain's attempt to process information from the day, the week, the year, whatever, that has not been processed. Our brain desires a period at the end of every sentence. We need closure for everything. And when there isn't closure about something, and it can be something random, Our brain will bring it up while we're sleeping and try to figure it out. That's what dreams are. So with EMDR, we are recreating that same eye movement that happens in in REM sleep. And we are targeting something specific that we want to process. Because whatever doesn't get processed throughout our life gets stored in the back of our brain called the amygdala which you, very, you are very much aware of what the amygdala is, but that's where it's the little tiny part of the back of our brain where we store all of our unprocessed thoughts, feelings, body sensations, everything. Right. We don't have access to that part of our brain just by talking. So you and I could talk till we are blue in the face about your experience at war, and you'll get some relief, but you're never going to fully clear it out, and you'll probably still have a lot of your PTSD reactions. But if we can access that back of the brain with EMDR. So like for my clients, they mostly hold these little buzzers that buzz back and forth. We create, you're fully awake here in my office. 
and we target something specific that we want to work through. So is it an intention they declare before the therapy starts? Yes. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in the categories of oncology, cancer, healing, and medical ebooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. We also were able to achieve number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't gotten your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or booksandmillion.com. Visit from doctortopatient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. I am asking very specific questions to help create this target. They hold the little buzzers and now we're creating that same eye movement, the bilateral stimulation in the brain that then accesses that part in the amygdala and then what happens is we can access it we bring it to the front of the brain the frontal lobe where we have all rational wisdom understanding logic now we can make sense of it and get the period at the end of the sentence Hmm. and it gets reprocessed and the actual eye movement so that is um a action that is conscious right so it's not like you're putting them into a stage of rem right it's conscious They're fully awake, fully here, present in my office. And what's so great about it, what I love, love, love about EMDR is you will not, if it's done right and you're with someone who has been preferably certified, okay, that means they've done a ton of hours, gotten supervision, they really know what they're doing, um, they're going to create that sense of safety for you so that you're present in my office, so like you know you're present, so you have one foot in the present, one foot in the past. You don't get re-traumatized as you're working through your issues. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Very important. Um, how long would it take for a person? I guess the sessions are 90 minutes long. When you know, I, I personally don't do 90 minutes. A lot of therapists do that. Um, it just depends on what the client is needing. If, you know, I, my typical session is 50 minutes, but sometimes they are 90s. It just, it's yeah. the, it's the counselor's right. preference. Yeah. It's very fascinating. So I'm trying, in my mind, I mean, I'm, I have a medical scientific brain. That yes, yes. I'm trying to understand. I understand the amygdala. And so I'm wondering, does the rapid eye movement act? So is there some physiological connection between that process and the back of the brain, the amygdala? Is that how yes. it, it, it unlocks these yes. functions and, and memories yes. that are stored there? Yes, wow. that is exactly right. That is really fascinating. And it's um, really the only way we can access it because like I said, just talking, we can't really, really get to the depth of the trauma. Right. We can talk about it, but we won't clear it out. What's interesting too is I would imagine that some of these people who suffer from PTSD, like if you were to um, track their sleep at night, I bet you that they don't have any REM sleep. And I'm wondering if it's the lack of REM sleep is, uh, is one of the issues that's causing them to not process this stuff. And when they go to an EMDR session, it really facilitates processing and releasing of their trauma. Or they have so much of it, and that's why yeah. they're waking up with nightmares. Yeah. So it's, it might be one yeah. or the one other. Or the either, other. Way, either way, they're not getting a solid, good 
night's sleep, right. which only makes the next day that much harder, right? right. And then yep. they're more no, on absolutely. edge. Right, yeah. because lack of sleep is one of the things we need to manage our stress. I mean, we need sleep to manage our stress, right? Exactly. Right. And so a lot of these pay- folks that you see, um, yes. how many sessions would you say on average a patient or client would need to have some sort of resolution of their of their trauma that they're in, that that's what they've declared to work on. Yeah, you know, I get asked that all the time, and I hate to give a number because everybody again is just so different. I mean, yeah. you really want to take your time in creating safety before you start diving into EMDR and just diving into the trauma. I hear all the time, like someone walks in the door in first session, they're doing EMDR. I'm like what? That doesn't make any sense to me. You've got to create safety for the client because you're doing trauma work. Where yeah, you have to build a trust, away. A trust relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But you know, like with my, the, the gentleman that I worked with that was at um, the Aurora shooting, I don't know, it was like maybe six, seven sessions. He was able to clear that out really, really quickly. Um, other people, when it's like complex PTSD, it's been a lifetime of just horrific trauma. trauma. Yeah. That could that could be a year or more, you know? Wow. I mean, there's so much just, first we got to just create stability in their life. First we got to, you know, make sure you have a lot of resources so that you know you can stay stable between the sessions. And, I mean, the stability and safety is always my number one priority with people. Right. So it's just and, hard to say. I mean, obviously you have to, establish a rapport with the patient yes so important and and generate a trust factor for the patient yes so that's huge especially when they're suffering from ptsd absolutely Um, so for folks out there that are interested in this how would you like what's your advice for them who are seeking out an emdr specialist like where would they go is there some sort of database that they, they can go to online and find the therapist yeah yeah they can go to emdria.org Okay. Uh, that's emdria.org. And so they're kind of like the, the, um, the regulators, I guess, of, you yeah. know, EMDR. And so yeah. if someone has been registered with, with, EMD, with EMDRIA and they're certified, they will be on their website okay. um, in, their, in their city or state. Um, you can go to psychologytoday.com. That is a fabulous resource to find therapists in your area where you can see their picture, you can see their background, you can, it'll say if they do EMDR. I mean, it, it's a really great resource to find a counselor near you. And again, I do recommend someone who has been certified yeah. um, just because they really have good, tra- that tells you they've really been trained. Yeah. What does the certification process entail? For an EMDR. Um, it's about, I believe it was like 20 client, you know, you have to show you've worked with 20 clients with EMDR over two year, like it takes two years to get certified. So you've oh, wow. been doing EMDR for two years under supervision, going um, to either group or individual supervision. I can't remember how many hours. I don't can't, can't remember if it was 200 hours of of client, one-on-one client contact. It's a lot. I mean, it's a it, lot. Yeah. It takes two, you cannot so, do it in less than two years. So that's why if it's important a certification is something that you need to seek out when you're looking for a person. Yeah, it really shows person, that yeah. they've done their training. They know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, they've and had good supervision. Yes. Are psychologists the only people that are able to do this training or, or other like healthcare providers? Can they, can they be trained? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, if, as long as you're a licensed healthcare provider, um, that's good you know, know. You, absolutely, absolutely. 
And yes. does um, health insurance cover this yes. at all? Yes. It does. But, yes. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's good to know because yeah. a lot of people, this is such a, a, a novel therapy. And I, how, I know you said this earlier, but how many years has this been around? Well, I mean, I first heard of it when I was in grad school. So that was over 20, I mean, that was like 30 years ago. It had just come out about 30 years ago. Uh And so, and it started out as EMD. So eye movement desensitization. And then the R, the reprocessing part came later through more research because it's not just desensitizing yourself to the trauma. It's also now we get to reprocess it. And that's where, again, you get that period at the end of the sentence. Um, So that, I don't know when the R came on, but um, it's EMDR in as a total over 30 years. Okay. And, What's your recommendations for people? I mean, like we talked about earlier that everyone has some sort of trauma, right? So Mm -hmm. if health insurance is covering this, I mean, to me, it would behoove anyone to seek out an EMDR therapist just to like, Mm -hmm. just to check, you know, it's like almost equivalent to going to your doctor for your yearly checkup. They should go to a psychologist for an annual checkup or even more. I agree. Yes. Yes. I mean, just like anything, we want to be more proactive with our health versus reactive with our health. Right. So I'm sorry. What was your question? The question was, would you recommend that? I mean, um, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like even if you, you, you know, if you're just have chronic like struggles in a relationship and you might not be connecting the two things, like let's explore that. Yeah. What, what's coming up in your relationships and let's see what might be at the root of that. You know, yeah. like in relationships, it always takes two. What's your part of that, right? Mm-hmm. So let's explore that and see what's underneath it. Um, and certainly people with physical, you know, ailments, let's explore that. Let's treat it, but let's also maybe see what's going on underneath emotionally, let's right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And is EMDR best done in person one-on-one or can it be done virtually? You know, to be honest, um, it's best one-on-one in person to have that rapport, to have that trust, to have that safety. Once I do have that with someone, if they end up moving, you know, somewhere else, I mean, I had a client in Mexico um, and so visually we could see each other Mm -hmm. and I just had her self-tap on her arms for each set. And then I was still there to help guide her through it. I wouldn't recommend doing it solo, you know, on your own, but I was able to help kind of guide her. And she was able to create that bilateral stimulation by just tapping her arms back and forth. And we were able to do the sets to help her clear out a lot of her trauma. So it's not recommended to do it that way. But if I have a relationship with someone and then they kind of move away, I will, yes, I I can continue that on. Mm -hmm. And is there a focal point that a patient has when they're doing the eye movement or they're just Mm -hmm. consciously going back and forth or what's, what's the the mechanism? Yeah, we have a starting point. We always have that starting point and then we just, we, we do um, sets. So we do like an increment of like maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And then I'm always checking in with a client. Okay. Like, what are you noticing now? And we're just letting the brain do what it needs to do. And we're trusting the brain is going to know where to go and what it needs to process it. We're the brain knows what feels unresolved mm-hmm. and what kind of feels yucky mm-hmm. that it wants to clear out. And so and the eyes open set, or close. They can be open or Either closed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, either one is totally fine. And other therapists use other modes to create that bilateral stimulation. A lot of therapists use what's called a light bar, where a light goes back and forth and their mm-hmm. eyes just you know, follow the light. Or um, a therapist can use their fingers 
and just go back and forth. And right. so the client will follow the fingers. There's lots of ways to create that bilateral stimulation. It's whatever the, the, the client is comfortable with. Yeah. And I guess I, I guess the point of when you know that it's working is that there's stuff that will comes up. The patient and the client will just start talking about stuff that's mm -hmm. coming up from their amygdala and they're processing it real time. Yes. Uh, yes. That's just fascinating. Um, I, I would, I really, I'm so happy to hear that this actual modality is available and not yes. to mention that it's also covered by insurance. That's huge. Well, I mean, there isn't a special like, um, it's called a CPT code. There isn't a special yeah. code for EMDR. It's just a regular, just a regular therapy, therapy session. Yeah. The, the insurance company doesn't need to know what you're doing in the session. It's none yeah. of their beeswax. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> right. so if I'm doing EMDR, I'm coding the session as a regular therapy, therapy session, session and that's what gets reimbursed. So right. yeah. Yeah. Well, Leslie, I want to wrap up here. I really okay. appreciate you coming on our show here. And um, my pleasure. If people want to get in touch with you and have yeah. questions, um, what's the best way they can contact you? So I'm on social media. They can find me on Facebook. Just, you know, I'm at uh, Denver Family Counseling Services. Um, they can certainly find me on my website, which is denverfamilycounselingservices.com. Uh, my email is leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y, period, dfcs at gmail.com so those would be the best ways thank you so much well i appreciate you coming on to the show and i don't know if i did before but if i didn't i'm going to send you a, a digital copy of the book that i had i'm really oh thank you that'd be um, fabulous i would love uh, that yeah and i would love your feedback on it after you have a chance to to read it thank you so much and thanks for having me it's been a pleasure thank you take care bye -bye. you too bye-bye